Welcome to Dairy Intelligent, a podcast by VES Artex, a turntide company. Together, we will meet dairy industry intellects and passionate dairy producers to discuss all things cows and connected technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of VES Artex's podcast, Dairy Intelligent. I'm your host, Annie, and today I'm joined by Dan Vanderheiden of Deal of Al. Thanks for being with us today, Dan. Why don't you introduce yourself and give us some of your background? Uh, good morning. I'm Dan Van Hayden. As Annie said, I work for De Laval. This is my 12th year with De Laval. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm, of course. I have a degree in dairy science from the University of Wisconsin. I farmed with my wife for 10 years on our home farm before um, forming a partnership with some neighbors on a, on a larger uh, dairy farm. That partnership did not work out well. Uh, so that kind of brings us to uh, why I'm with De Laval today. Uh, I've had various positions with De Laval, starting out as a uh, capital specialist, uh, selling at the time um, inline parlors, rotary parlors, calf feeders, uh, a fair amount of the portfolio. Um, after a few years, I um, work for a De Laval owned store in Kakana, Wisconsin. After De Laval bought that dealership, a couple years with the dealership, then I was invited to go back to De Laval when there became a, um, an opening to be a, a VMS or a robotic sales specialist. I did that exclusively for six years up till the first of 2022 when through some reorganizational with De Laval, I'm now working as the entire portfolio sales specialist for a region of the United States, which includes most of Wisconsin and a dealership in Minnesota. So now I cover, um, like I did early in my career, parlors, rotaries, as well as maintaining the uh, entire VMS line for the area in which I cover. Excellent. Well, welcome. So today we're going to explore modern day milking system technology and automation and its potential to address present day challenges facing dairymen in the harvest of milk, primarily focusing on milking robotics and rotaries. So over the last 20 plus years, many dairies have expanded and grown in size. What was the motivation for dairymen wanting to milk more cows and what opportunities did this present? The biggest motivation for wanting to milk more cows was a better asset utilization for dairy farmers. So, you know, picture, picture dairy farmers in the parlor in the morning milking cows for a few hours in the morning, a few hours in the afternoon with this uh, parlor that they have quite an investment in thinking, you know, if I melt more cows through this, or if I was able to get more milk out of this parlor, um, look at that efficiency I could get perhaps uh, from this equipment that I already owned. So, you know, and without adding, you know, a lot of money to the present infrastructure, you know, maybe they had to add um, some free stalls or something, but they already own the parlor. They already have land. They're already making feed. They have the tractors. They have the the forge harvesting equipment, et cetera, et cetera. This is just an opportunity maybe to put a few more acres on um, each piece of equipment and uh, having better utilization of that equipment. So as dairies began milking more cows, efficiency was key. What changes did dairies make to become more efficient? Two things primarily, the added cows to uh, 
to become more efficient. So they're um, milking more cows with the same infrastructure, same equipment, spread, spreading out um, more uh, hundred weights across the, the same assets. And secondly, um, a lot of dairymen started looking at milking three times a day uh, to, to essentially do the same thing without adding cows. So the, the cow, the freestall barn was already in place, already had the cows, so on and so forth. But they realized that with by simply going to three time a day milking, um, that they could pro that they could get another ten to twelve percent um, milk from the cows they already had. You know, the the biggest obstacle, of course, to trying to do this was labor. You just mentioned labor is a big issue. Um, what opportunities has the lack of labor created? Labor, of course, created the opportunity originally to become more efficient. But in, in recent years, as Annie just mentioned, um, we're now struggling more with lack of labor. So the opportunity that is created is uh, an opportunity to really re-envision how we use labor or re-envision that lack of labor and how are we, how are we going to progress with the challenges of a smaller labor pool. So, and so I look at this and a couple opportunities we have is looking at robotics for one, um, let, letting robotics do the milking of the cows. Uh, we need less labor in, uh, from that standpoint, um, having automation milk the cows. Um, or we look at other equipment, what more efficient equipment can we put together uh, not, not only equipment, but the protocols that go with it. And of course, opportunities of that equipment to add on accessories that also will make some of this equipment more efficient. Let's look into that a little bit deeper. As we said in this episode, we're focusing primarily on robots and rotaries. So why are these two milking systems seeming to be the preferred systems of the future? Great question, Annie. Um, robots, and rotaries are generally accepted to be the two most labor-efficient present-day milking options. They're also generally accepted to be the two options with the most potential for technological adaptation and labor reduction through automation processes. So that's just a, a fancy way of saying, hey, you know, the, these um, two items seem to lend themselves uh, well, or at least the best of what we have to work with today towards um, new technologies that are coming, whether we know what these technologies are today or whether they are technologies yet to be developed or that are presently underdeveloped or under development, I should say. They seem to be the preferred options of employees' uh, work environment. So that's very important moving forward to retain employees. And of course, most of the research and development funding is being targeted towards robots and rotaries. Let's start with rotary parlors. Why should a dairyman consider looking to install a rotary and what are the benefits? Well, if we look at a rotary, it is the most direct replacement in relation to the present facilities and, and management style. In other words, the, the dairyman can continue to run the same freestall barns he has, um, use a lot of the same um, labor he has, uh, scrape freestall barn the same way he has. The difference really is um, what's milking the cows, what's harvesting the milk and the efficiency of that uh, harvest. Um, one thing we have to realize when we're putting in a rotary is that sizing is very important. You know, sizing of that rotary um, 
relative to what we have um, for freestall barns right now, and most importantly, the pen size in that freestall barn right now. So we have to take that into consideration. Can we make pen sizes bigger uh, and, and so forth to match the rotary? But really what we're looking at, the important thing is to not have cows in that holding area for more than an hour. And of course, on the other side of that, we want pen sizes large enough that we're not switching pens every 20 minutes and being inefficient from that standpoint. Factors is expansion flexibility. We could put in a rotary today, um, maybe oversize that rotary, and that gives us an opportunity to expand if that is you know, part, part of the uh, long-term plan adaptability to technology. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but this is very important. Rotaries lend themselves very well to what we believe is going to be future technology adaptability. Uh, having that equipment in one spot and letting the rotary bring the cow to that equipment uh, is very important in a lot of stuff that's under uh, development right now. And of course, we always have to be real conscious of the initial capital expenditure. So let's look at that inversely. What are the considerations a dairy farmer should take for robotics and what are the advantages? Robotics are really interesting from the standpoint, not only their labor savings, but their adaptability to situations. So a lot of dairies have already built freestall barns. Um, added to freestyle barns over the years, have added freestyle barns onto the property, and maybe they're not always in the most cohesive situation to uh, adapt to a, a new rotary. However, uh, robotics are quite adaptable to how you can put them in the barn. Uh, you know, we have uh, several different plans of uh, putting robots in the barn, on the end of the barn, in the center of the barn, in a, in a toll booth, in a perimeter style, lots of different ways uh, and flexibilities putting robots in barns. Uh, there's some flexibilities in pen sizes and robots in, in pen sizes. If a farm has several different pen sizes, we could adjust to that as well. You know, there, maybe there's a single robot in that pen or in a larger pen, there could be two robots or three robots in an even larger pen and, and so forth. Um, there's expansion flexibility. You can add milking points as expansion allows. So today I put in six robots. Um, I can fully utilize them. I, I don't have uh, an investment that maybe I'm only half utilizing. And then as I move forward and I can add cows maybe in um, multiples of 60 or 120 or 180, I just add robots as, that, as I move along. Uh, Technology on robots, anything that needs to be done cow side, such as progesterone sampling. So we take a, a sample of milk. Robots work, ex, uh, box robots work extremely well for a situation like that where we need to collect a sample from the cow to uh, have analytics done. Uh, there's just a tremendous amount of data available with robots. So if you're really a data driven management person. Um, unbelievable the amount of data that's available. A very labor-friendly working condition employees really like working with robotics. And of course, you know, the number one selling point for robotics other than labor has always been there, extremely cow-friendly. You know, the 
the key word here being voluntary. So in, in Deal of Al world, we call our robots a VMS, a voluntary milking system. So that voluntary is a key word here. Uh, they have no, they have no holding pen. Uh, so much of um, injuries and so forth that happen to cows happen in that trip up to the holding pen through the parlor and back. Uh, we with robotics, we no longer have that. Cow sets her own pace of through her day. Uh, we're not pushing cows. She sets her pace. It's it's easy on the cow. And then cow longevity um, is becoming uh, even a, a more important and, and more talked about uh, feature of robots every day. There's studies now that are showing, you know, we get an average of a half a lactation increase on cows on robotics versus cows that are housed in more traditional systems or they're brought up to the milking um, center. And depending you know, on a lot of things, of course, what the price of a uh, cow is and what um, price of milk is and so forth, but that could actually be uh, upwards of $200 per cow per year in net profitability increase of a robotic system over a traditional milking system if you you get to that point where you have the additional half a lactation uh, per cow increase over her lifetime. So now let's talk about some hybrids. What about robots on rotaries and adding additional automation such as teat dip spraying robots? And what are the benefits and considerations there? So the idea of smaller rotaries now and then equipping them, and this isn't um, just limited to smaller, but the, but it's a, an idea we're really working with um, starting with the smaller ones, 30 to 40 stall rotaries equipped with proven pre-dip, post-dip automation type stuff that may allow a single operator um, to run these rotaries. It becomes a very efficient um, situation to work in. Of course, the rotary is nice from that standpoint because there's an opportunity to adjust the rotary speed to accommodate, you know, whether it's a single operator, dual operators, that just that ability to adjust operating speed um, along with technology that's already available, such as the pre-dip, the post-dip, and then considerations of um, other technologies coming forward make this a, a really attractive option. So I've also heard of batch milking in robots. How does this system work and why might one consider this method? Batch milking is is really a newer concept. We have a couple of installations done now. Um, and the advantage to batch milking, on one side, it's really has similar advantages to, let's say, um, a, a rotary in that it's a direct replacement in relation to the present facilities and management style. Same as when we were talking about rotaries before. So cows are still housing the barn the way they are now. They are brought up to the um, robots to be milked. Employees do traditional, you know, scraping, um, stall maintenance and so forth as they have in the past. But the, um, the advantage of it is, of course, is now we get not only the labor savings of robotics milking the cows, but we get that potential of data, just huge amounts of data. So again, if you are accustomed or comfortable with a more traditional bring the cows to the milking center um, type situation, but that data um, 
or calcite sampling and so forth is, uh, you know, of importance to you. This is, this is a, a great way of milking cows. It also allows for some expansion flexibility. Uh, milking system you have now is already um, being used to its maximum potential. Perhaps another barn with some batch milking is a good way of supplementing um, what you already have. And then you can start to look at perhaps targeting certain groups of cows to the robots. Maybe we want to take the cows that are in their first 120 days of lactation, or maybe we put the cows through the robots until they are uh, confirmed pregnant. You know, there's, there's opportunities to, to group cows through the, ro through the batch robots and take advantage of uh, a lot of technologies that the batch robots may offer at this point in time where we don't get from rotaries or inline parlors. So what about those wanting to use multiple milking systems? How does this work and why would someone want to milk in multiple systems? Another great question, Annie. I covered a little bit of it just with the last slide. Um, one of the reasons of, to look at multiples is we're already maxed out on the present milking facility, but we still have land base available or uh, f feed uh, pad um, feed available to us. So we want to melt more cows, um, but not sure what, you know, perhaps the next iteration or expansion on the farm should be. Or maybe we're looking at siting another dairy somewhere, but we need to start building numbers to site that dairy. Robotics works real well um, to put alongside of uh, a milking system that's already in, in place. And then we could target that automated system to a group for maximum effect or outcome. Like I, the example I had just given, you know, maybe cows in the first so many days of milk or cows up until they're bred to take care, take advantage of, you know, maybe cow side progesterone testing or something to that effect. Uh, perhaps we target fresh cows for monitoring and um, do an automatic feed supplementation through the robots. Uh, you know, something like a glycol, um, supplementation through robots works very well for cows early in lactation. Like I mentioned, reproduction group, and then uh, we're using it as a supplemental uh, milking facility once again. So there are clearly benefits to both robotics and rotaries. If a dairyman was looking to make decision for upgrading their milking system, what steps do you recommend they take to make the best choice for their dairy? First step for me is always to sit down and take an audit of what you already have, how that could best be used, and then combine that with a long-term vision or plan of what you want the dairy to look like. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot to go with that. It depends on, you know, where the dairy is today. Are we bringing in a younger generation? Is their vision different than the present generation? You know, is the next generation, um, think about milking cows in the future, different than the present generation? Are they more automation driven? Are they more data driven? Um, so that'll, you know, push this towards one or the other milking systems as to what, what really the future looks like. Where do we want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, perhaps, and then work that backwards. And that may um, make the decision for a, a dairy. If somebody is really in high growth mode and wants to add a lot of cows, perhaps it's rotaries because we just keep adding rotaries. But if a dairyman is in a situation where, you know, 
maybe we'll add a few cows, but not a lot of cows. Uh, more cows is not what's important to us because, you know, we've maximized our land base or whatever the reason may be. And then they are more data driven and want to get more out of the cows they already have. And they believe um, data mining is the way to do that. Then it definitely will push it towards robotics because of the amount of data available through robotic automation and probably, um, you know, technologies yet to come on robotics that will um, give us even more data to mine. So obviously economics and ROI is a key component of choosing a milking system. We've talked a lot about the benefits of each, so let's look at the costs. Can you give an example of a decision-making process between robots or a rotary? An interesting example I like to use is if we have a dairy that is looking at you know, maybe they're a 400 cow dairy, perhaps. Let, let's go with something that looks like that. To milk 400 cows today, you would need six robots or perhaps a 40 stall rotary. What's neat about making a comparison here is the both, whether it's a 40 stall rotary or six robots, the cost today is very similar from a dairy equipment standpoint to put that in place. However, what you can do with each piece of equipment is totally different. So the six robots, of course, you're kind of limited to that uh, 400 cows. The 40 stall rotary, you know, there's opportunities there to maybe expand that a little bit. But in either situation, what we're looking at is using equipment up front or that or using capital up front to, you know, of course, buy that buy those six robots or buy that 40 stall rotary. And in either case, you are using cap, you are spending capital up front to save labor over time. So that's always been well accepted with robotics, but in the world of rotaries and so forth, we've always thought about, okay, you got to run that rotary 24 hours a day minus the wash time. Well, not a lot of dairymen are thinking, hey, if it's if my investment's going to be that same, roughly 1.2 million, maybe I just overcapitalize and buy this rotary and only run it for a few hours in the morning, few hours at night, or maybe a few hours morning, noon, and night. But it's a, just a different way of looking at um, how are we going to spend our capital to milk cows. In your opinion, how does the way dairy farmers milk cows affect consumers? Is that something dairy farmers need to consider, especially looking to the future? Absolutely. Consumer preferences have um, driven our decisions more and more over the la- over recent handful of years. And I believe it'll, it'll drive or influence what we do moving forward even more. So just a couple of examples going back. The use of bovine growth hormone or actually getting um, rid of bovine growth hormone was really driven by consumers. Tail docking is another example that it was really consumers that drove that decision um, to change that practice um, in the dairy industry. So they have a huge in influence on what we do. So moving forward, how, how are consumers going to look at how we milk cows, how humane they think milking cows is in some of these systems, and are they willing to pay more for product from certain milking systems 
versus others. So let's say a group of consumers get to believe that milking cows and robots is more humane than milking cows in a rotary or in a traditional parlor. That could very well influence what we do, especially if they're willing to pay more for that. And I come to that from a conversation I had with market professional who has done this in the past, who, who has looked at, who came to a meeting one time and, and said, you know, from our market research, consumers seem to think that milking cows and robots is more is the most humane way of milking cows. As a group, we're willing to pay more for milk from cows that are milked through robots. And that just brought up a, you know, a really interesting point is, okay, how much more are they willing to pay? And how does that change um, the dynamic of which system you go to? So if you're presently looking at robots versus rotaries, and you know, perhaps in today's terms, rotary is a little more efficient way of milking cows, but you give me another 50 cents a hundred way to milk cows in robotics, maybe robotics becomes the more efficient way of milking cows. But yet those decisions need to be made the day that, um, you know, now the day that we're making a decision on how we're going to milk cows moving forward. So it's just a, really an interesting concept, but I, I do believe it's, um, it's incredibly important and it's something we need to um, consider because, you know, without the consumer, without a market, we don't have an industry. Absolutely. So we're now at the end of our conversation, but before we wrap up, what does an animal-centered environment mean to you? Animal-centered environment to me is a situation where everything is animal first. Look at everything from the perspective of a cow and not from the perspective of the human or the human's efficiency so much, but from the standpoint of I, I'm a cow and, you know, how is this centered on me? How does, how does this um, add to a cow's longevity? Uh, and and so forth, and just total care of the cow. Thanks again, Dan, for your insights into a topic that is very much on many dairy farmers' minds right now as they think about the future. So thanks to everyone for listening in, and we will see you in our next episode. Thank you for joining us for another Dairy Intelligent episode. We hope you have found some suggestions to improve cow comfort on your farm, or simply just learn something new. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform and let your friends know about us. We would love to have them listen and learn.